Hey, Podnutsians. Welcome to DDG number 44. My name is Door Door Geek, owner, operator, president of Podnuts.com. It's been at least three months since I've done a DDG, maybe four months now. I'll tell you right now, the time goes really quick. Um, I'm going to try not to make this entire episode me complaining. And I say that because I have realized at least some of the shows, whether it's Lennox complaining about anti-Semitic groups gaining traction, whether it's Mini PC show complaining about how the Raspberry Pi is not open source completely, or on um, Android App Addicts, you know, complaining about how Samsung keeps gaining market share. And I don't understand why. Um, so I'm a little bit sick and tired of hearing myself complain, but there's just certain things that, you know, kind of has to be said. It's been about four months since the last EDG. Um, the only real difference in my health is I had a wrist specialist, and, and this is so confusing to me, had a wrist and hand specialist, nerve specialist, diagnose that my ulnar, I believe is the right pronunciation of it, my funny bone nerve, my ulnar, is pinched. So she gave me an elbow splint that keeps my arm at, I would say, like a 60 to 70 degree angle. I thought it would keep it straight, but it doesn't. It keeps it at a very like fixed angle kind of thing. And that was like six weeks ago. So just about a month and a half ago, maybe a touch more. And since she prescribed that, uh, like from the outside of my wrist to my elbow to where if I was giving somebody an elbow in MMA, that part of my forearm has a much of the pain gone. Now, right by the elbow coming out towards my wrist, just like two inches, there's still a little bit of like what I call hypersensitivity there. Um, but the numbness in my pinky and the finger right next to it is almost gone. Um, a lot of the pain from my elbow back up the back side of my arm is gone. But on like the front side of my forearm, right by my wrist, the heat pain is still incessant, nonstop from the moment I wake up. Um, the wrist specialist said that was from my neck. Uh, the pain from like the outside of my shoulder tip down just a little bit is still there from the inside of my shoulder down just a little bit is still there. Uh, still multiple hours a day. It feels like there's a hot poker sticking into my neck uh, easily three, four hours out of the day. Uh, and I still feel like bubbling fire pain from the middle of my uh, top of my back, the bottom of my neck to my left shoulder. It's just almost nonstop. Um, he prescribed me exercises after 13 months of pain, the spine specialist prescribed me exercises. Uh, I'm going to go back and see the spine specialist here shortly. If the pain right there by my owner isn't completely gone, she's going to prescribe surgery, um, to which I'm not against. Um, I'm not against what an expert tells me to do. It's good to get second opinions if you feel it's necessary, but uh, if she prescribes surgery, I'm not going to go for a second opinion. Now, if the spine specialist doesn't do something more dramatic, I'm going to get a second opinion because the pain after you know now 14 months maybe just over 14 months, it's just gotten really bad. Really bad is what I'll say. Um, now to talk about mental health kind of thing, I think I came to like one realization. Um, truth be told, one of my hangups, one of my angst, one of my like pain points about depression is, I, the one of the reasons I don't like it is because it feels like I'm being selfish. Like I'm worrying too much about myself, worrying too much about me, uh, and not about people around me. Um, I like to believe I'm more selfless than selfish kind of thing. Um, and then I came to a realization after having a talk with my oldest son. Um, my youngest uh, basically openly cried to me 
a couple times in the last like three months about not wanting to go back to school. He's uh, almost 13 years old or just turned 13 years old. Maybe just turned 13 years old. Uh, and he like openly cried to me about not wanting to go back to school uh, because when he said, when I'm in school, I get picked on when I'm in school. Other kids are mean to me when I'm in school. Um, you know, I get treated poorly is the way that he put it. And he said, I really don't want to go back to school. Uh, my local school here in Harford County, Maryland is at least allowing me to say come next September, I want my kids to be virtual. That doesn't mean they're going to be virtual, but they're at least letting me say it. We'll see what happens next September. But if my youngest doesn't pass this school year, it doesn't matter what he wants. Um, He's been virtual this entire year. If he fails this year, then he has to go back to school is what I told him. So, you know, he has a choice. Work harder or run back to school. Uh, He also had another bout of pain and suffering in his life, is the way I'll put it, uh, because his unwillingness to try different foods and his uh, overindulging in bad foods, um, his uh, insulin level and one other level was a bit high for the doctor's liking, which meant he's literally at that beginning stage of being a pre-diabetic kind of thing, borderline. Now, granted, I was probably borderline for 40 years, but that's me, whatever. Um, So I'm really having a hard time convincing him how he has to eat less, how then he has to eat better, and how he needs to do some sort of exercise. And seeing him go through this really does hurt me, is the way I'll put it. Because this is not easy for him. This is not something that uh, he really understands. Um, then my oldest, who is going to be 16 years old here in May, um, I'll first and foremost say he's already like three inches taller than me. Uh, and I personally feel like he's already... Um, more patient and uh, smarter than I ever can be. Of course, he doesn't have the experience I have. He doesn't have the wisdom, uh, but I think he's on pace to being like unbelievably well off, not rich, but just happy, you know, making smart decisions, making decisions that are better for his life. Uh, And I told him to be very honest. I said, between you and me, if you do go back to school in September and if you use like the oxy pads correctly and stuff, I think you're going to have a problem. Uh, and that problem is you become an unbelievably like tall, you know, prim, proper, handsome man. Uh, so when he goes back to school, I think he's going to get the attention of people is what I've put it. Um, now he is the one with an autoimmune disease and he wants to go back to school. And he tells me how he doesn't like being home this long. Um, he asked for a cat for companionship. He said straight up, I want a cat. And when I said why, he said for companionship up. Oh, I immediately threw my hands up and shut up. Okay, gotcha. Roger, what you want is what you get. Okay, so then we took like a couple of weeks and we got him a cat. Uh, cat is has the markings of a feral cat, but it's so far been unbelievably easy, like loving treats, loving the litter tray, loving petting, and just being unbelievably nice and cordial. So we got lucky with that one. So I have my youngest crying to not go back to school, my youngest not understanding what it means to be pre-diabetic. I have my oldest worrying about companionship, like openly to me, worrying about companionship. Uh, And then my oldest worrying about not having enough interaction with other kids wanting to go back to school. And then I have my wife being um, definitely the words quarantine fatigue come to mind to where she's like starting to go stir crazy over this. And I'm perfectly fine living this way for the rest of my life, not going out unless I absolutely have to. Um, So dare I say, it makes me feel better. I think most of the depression I've had here in the last six to eight months 
is because I'm worrying so much about my kids and my wife. Um, today, my wife got her uh, Johnson's and Johnson's one-shot vaccine, and she openly said to me that when she got it, she almost was getting ready to cry because this is like the beginning of the beginning of a page turning, as she put it, to where hopefully things will, in air quotes, start to go back to normal. Um, so, you know, we have to just wait and see on that. Um, honestly, when my wife told me how she felt better after getting it, I think I started to feel better. Hence, I'm actually recording something after, you know, four months kind of thing. Um, but I don't want to make it all about that is the way that I'll put it. Um, and I uh, talked to a really good friend today, uh, often on uh, Tracy Holtz. And like, I'm now terrified to ask somebody what they think about the vaccine, what they think about getting the vaccine, Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson and Johnson, whatever, because I don't want to offend people. I don't want to really make people I like and care about really upset when they, when, you know, to ask about it. So I don't ask anybody about it. Uh, Tracy said he's getting the Johnson and Johnson one. And I was afraid to ask why are you afraid of this in air quote new technology? And he said, no, straight up. If I have to wait two to three weeks, to get the next shot, I'm going to be on the room. I'm a long haul truck driver. I'm only home for like a week at a time. So I have to get the Johnson's and Johnson's and then go back out on the road. So don't, no, that makes a lot of sense. Okay. Gotcha. Loud and clear. Um, but I'll, I'll just put it like this. I know I have a unbelievably passionate blindness for science. Um, I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just saying that I feel like I do a good amount of research on things. Um, we are never aware of things that we're blind about. Okay. We never are. We all cast ourselves as the hero in the journey. We, we tell the, we tell ourselves, we all believe that we know stuff. Um, like I did say to my oldest son today, you got to remember anytime you talk to somebody and you stop and think to yourself, that person's an idiot. Just remember, there are plenty of things that they know that you don't know. Granted, there's plenty of things you know that they don't know, but the, but the inverse is also true. Nobody knows everything. There's always somebody out there who knows more about any one topic than you, and everybody else combined will always know more than you. So don't be so quick on the draw to call people any kind of names, put people in any kind of categories, cast any kind of stereotype on a person because they believe one thing. Now, with that said, I did, me and my son, I spent hours and hours and hours. We went over like the top 300, the top 500, the top 600 kind of list of conspiracy theories. And I cannot find any conspiracy theory that I believe in. Um, now, if you were to ask anybody, what conspiracy theory do they believe in? They'll always say none because nobody thinks what they believe is a conspiracy theory. They believe what they believe is the truth. And you just don't know the truth yet. Um, so I'm trying to figure out what conspiracy theory I believe in because I would like to see if I could work my way past it. Okay. It's like, I tried to, I, I tried to say to my wife in a very nice way. Um, I know you think that I think one way about a lot of things, but I don't, I really hope not. I really hope that if presented with sufficient evidence, and I can't describe to anyone what sufficient evidence is, but if I'm witness to enough sufficient evidence, you will change my mind. Now, to paraphrase Carl Sagan, the more dramatic uh, the thing that you're trying to change my mind about, the more dramatic and the more evidence you need to change my mind. If it's something small, if it's something little, then it doesn't require a lot of evidence. If it's something, you know, moderately impactful in people's psyches, you're going to need to have a moderate amount of evidence. And if it's something substantial, 
if it's game-changing, you know, like Ghost or something, then you better have a lot of evidence, okay? Like insane, reproducible evidence. Okay, now, with that said, uh, one of the like terms that I really get upset with is when people say, well, seeing is believing. No, no, not at all. Seeing is seeing. Believing is believing. The two are not mutually inclusive, okay? Just because you see something, you can believe it. Don't get me wrong, you can believe it. <laughs> that doesn't mean it's fact. It doesn't mean it's truth. The human eye lies to everybody every day. Um, there's a uh, posting I just did in subreddit, uh, reddit dot com slash r slash podnuts where it's like one example of how the brain lies to you the entire time. The gist of it is you stare at a black dot in the middle of a picture. The picture that's being shown is showing the opposite colors of what they're supposed to be. Okay. Blue is not being displayed as blue. Blue is being displayed as like orange. Uh you know, and then the inverse of each color is being shown. You stare at that black dot long enough and then when the picture goes black and white, you see color. You don't see black and white. Okay. That's one example. Uh, the other example I showed my kids and one of their nephews, one of their cousins, my nephews, how the brain always lies to you is a very simple trick that anybody can reproduce. Okay. You take three people. Okay. Three people stand in front of the mirror. Two people on the outside. Look at the one person's eyes in the mirror. Okay. Person in the middle, you're going to be the one who's going to see your mind lying to you. Okay. It's very easy. Look at the person on the left, then look at the person on your right, then look at the person on your left, look at the person on your right. You're not going to see the blur of your eyes going back and forth. You're going to see what is stationary images, person on the left, person on the right, person on the left, person on the right, person on the left. The people around you will see your eyes going back and forth. Your brain instantly decides that movement is inconsequential and we're not even going to show it to you. We're just going to take that fraction of time and negate it like it never existed. And our minds are so used to this, we don't even notice how these little things are happening all day. Every day, our mind is lying to us. Some people have like floaters in their eyes, so they think they see like cats going by them, or they think they see bugs on a wall kind of thing. Um, Seeing is not believing. Seeing is seeing, okay? The number one worst form of evidence in the history of the court of law is firsthand experience, eyes on experience, eyewitness testimony. It's garbage. It's useless. It's pointless. Okay. Because many people have shown over many times that you can show one thing to 20 people and then immediately ask them questions about it. You'll get 20 different answers. Okay. Um, somebody who was perfect at exploiting this kind of weakness. I'll try to make sure there's a link in the notes. Um, it's to a Michael Sherman podcast. Michael Sherman, I want to say, was the guy behind, or maybe he still is behind the um, Skeptic Magazine, um, Skeptical Magazine. Um, James Randi died now about a year ago, man. Oh, man. Um, such an influential, smart, fact-driven guy. Okay. A lot of people are driven by beliefs. A lot of people are driven by goal-oriented things. A lot of people are driven by feelings. A lot of people are driven by the crowd. A lot of people are driven by different things. James Randi was driven by facts, evidence, reproducibility. Who is BSing me? Who is conning me? Who is trying to get over on me? Okay. He was a great um, stand-up magician who 
saw how cons were being done, whether it was cold reading or whether it was psychic reading or whether it was, you know, moving things with my mind. He, because he was a magician, understood how all these tricks were done. Like, listen, there's no such thing as a new magic trick. Basically, they 99% of them have been done for like a thousand years. And the only question is, do you know how they're being done? Okay. Like a uh, psychic surgery, for instance. Okay. It's all just complete BS. Um, the Michael Sherman show, he released an episode, um, October 25th, 2020. And all it is, it's a James Randi speech in front of, um, oh, it was in front of some, uh, lecture at, uh, California college, I believe it was long story short, whatever. It doesn't matter where the lecture is. Okay. Uh, the link is to the Michael Sherman show bonus James Randi episode. Uh, I don't see an episode number cause now Apple hates episode numbers cause Apple's stupid. Thank God they're losing numbers. That's what I'll say. Um, the link will be in the notes. It's a great example of James Randi being not only a great communicator, but being able to comprehend something extremely difficult, extremely complex, but yet has the ability to regurgitate it in very digestible portions. Okay. I believe this harkens back to literally around door door geek episode one or two. Um, I believed for a ma- huge majority of my life, um, any idiot, any maroon, any jabroni, any buddy who wants to lie and make themselves seem better than they are, it's very easy for that person to take something extremely simple, but yet explain it in such complex terms to the unknowing that person would appear intelligent, maybe super intelligent, maybe ultra intelligent, maybe all knowing, maybe omnipotent to some degree. But to the person who actually knows, um, the person spouting that thing comes off sounding like an idiot, like someone just making up complex words to make them complex. Uh, the truly enlightened, the truly educated, the truly good communicators can take, can take the near impossible. I'm not going to say quantum mechanics and stuff, but they're good. They, they can take the nearly impossible complex things happening in the universe all around us and yet explain them in simplistic terms that at least a huge part of it, anybody can digest, understand and maybe even regurgitate to someone else to maybe educate them. James Randi, I think, was one of those guys. Um, there are plenty of other people like that, uh, facts-driven people. I'll say Thomas Sowell, I believe, is another facts-driven kind of guy. Um, Carl Sagan was a facts-driven guy, but he was driven by his passion kind of thing. Uh, just a, a little bit different, where he had goals in his research, in his studies, in his things he was doing in life where James Randi just wanted to find truths beyond things. Um, Another link in the notes is going to be to a Reddit uh, thread, and it's basically entitled, This Man Illustrates How the Value of Pi 3.142 was arrived at, and he even explains how the area of a circle was derived using nothing but a pizza pie. Okay, now now here's the thing. I already actually watched that entire segment. Okay, it's like an animated GIF with sound off of Reddit. Um, I actually already watched that because I already subscribed to this guy's YouTube channel. Um, there's a couple YouTube channels I feel like I have to subscribe to. Okay, I'm going to figure out how I can also monetarily, you know, be nice to them as well. Uh, but this one is Derek, and the name of his channel is Veritasium. 
Veritasium is this uh, imagined um, um, type of matter that he illusioned. It was like um, um, the um, ability to show truth was this um, matter's trait. So his the name of his YouTube channel is Veritasium. Um, there's a couple... Most of the YouTube channels I listen to, I'm not going to lie, are heavily educational focused and not funny focused, not making or software focused, not like experimenting with hardware focused. They are literally educational focused. Um, Veritasm is definitely one of them that I think is about close to the best YouTube channels out there. Uh, I'm going to make sure there's a link to his channel in the notes a couple other channels I'm going to give like a really good honorable mention. Vsauce, Vsauce 2, Vsauce 3. If I mention one, I have to mention them all. Uh, Steven Mould, uh, Technology Connections is great. Uh, SciShow has a bunch of really, in my opinion, good channels and good playlist kind of things. Um, I'm going to also mention uh, Crash Course and Captain Disillusion. I'm going to try to make sure all these links are in the notes. Um these to me are amongst the better science educators is the way that I'll put it, um, that I can find on YouTube. Um, now the one truth I will tell people is, and I've said this for a while. Okay. The only constant in this universe is change. If you don't like change, if you fight change, you're going to be miserable. Number one, number two, um, don't follow science. Don't follow anything science related. Don't pay attention to anything science related. Because the only constant is change. And I swear, science is probably changing faster than anybody else. The only examples I'll give you is COVID-19. From the time it was announced, December 31st, 2019, to today, there's been a whole lot of change. And some people point out that change as being one of the, like, the proofs of evidence how something's bad or something's wrong or we don't know what we're talking about or they're lying to us kind of thing. No, I mean... Just like how before Galileo, you know, people thought the world was the center of the universe. Uh, no, man, time for change, man. Science is change. Um, Like one of the lines I said to my wife was, I am super happy. I really am super happy when someone tells me I'm wrong. When someone educates me about something where I'm incorrect about. Because that meant on that day, I had the opportunity to learn something. If you don't learn something near every day, then you're losing it, man. You are literally losing it and becoming more and more disconnected from life as we know it. Because every day, every day, stuff is changing. Whether it be our understanding about bacteria, virus, biophage, whether it be our understanding about how glass interacts uh, on the microscopic level, how to make more shatter-resistant proof glass, like gorilla glass kind of thing, or whether it just be our understanding about how the universe was made, how planets align, how the a the a um a accretion disk in any planetary system always seems to be mostly flat and almost everything going in one direction. Then every now and then you have a planet revolving or I'm sorry rotating in the wrong direction and just trying to find figure out how that stuff happened kind of thing. To me, that is the most fascinating stuff that's ever happened. Uh, I haven't watched basically any fiction anything for now like five years. And honestly, I feel like I'm a better person for it. Now, look, I'm not against fiction. When fiction helps the layman more understand facts or open their mind up to real facts, then I'm all for fantasy. I'm all for fiction. But um, I've just been on this like fact diet for a while. Now, I listen to everything 
from ancient aliens to the cosmos. Okay. I just knew everything in between. So I feel like uh, I at least understand people's arguments from all sides. Now, the real truth is I don't believe any single one stance from any single one person on any single one thing, mostly. Um, but I believe I at least have the ability to sit down, keep my mouth shut, listen, and derive that the truth is somewhere in between kind of thing. Because uh, that's the whole thing. Nothing in this universe is black. Nothing in this universe is white. Listening to guys like Derek and Veritasium, Michael on Vsauce or the excellent series Minefield, uh, listening to these kinds of people uh, honestly helps me just have an absolute better understanding of anything from how my dishwasher works from Technology Connections. That's the guy, that's the nerd who taught me if you turn your hot water on and it takes you like a minute or two to get hot water, you know what you need to do? Before you turn on your dishwasher, if it connects right there underneath your sink, which most do, turn your hot water up all the way, wait for your hot water to get hot, then turn on your dishwasher. That little thing. I'm now getting cleaner dishes than I ever got, and it's so stupid, yet it was the truth. And I was very happy that he was able to educate me on that, and I'm very happy to support him on Patreon. Uh, just seems like an unbelievably nice guy, unbelievably nerdy guy who just really likes figuring things out and understanding uh, things. Uh, another mention here really quick. This one's going to be another podcast. Uh, it used to be called Pessimist Archive. Now it's called Build for Tomorrow. I'm not hip on the name change. I think it's actually really bad. But Jason Pfeiffer, uh, he's really good at looking at the past and showing us either things we didn't learn from or just how everything is repeating ourselves over again. And this was an episode called Everything Wrong About Participation Trophies. Now, I want everybody to stop and say to themselves, what's wrong with participation trophies? You, know, you get your own head in mind. You think of why they're so bad. What's wrong about them? You know, and then I need you to listen to this episode because I'm 99.99999% sure he's going to point out a bunch of things you didn't know. I know I didn't know. But I'm willing to bet a lot of people out there just did not know. I thought that was really a good example of a very, very educational episode of a uh, podcast. And it's a stupid little science thing. Uh, if you didn't watch any of the Mars Lander, I like beg people to watch it, but then understand what actually happened. How we were able to basically have a satellite enter orbit, shoot a parachute out, slow down enough, shoot off the heat shield, and then basically do what's called an air crane and like drop a rover on the planet and then safely go away and basically and die the top part, just go off and die. And then the rover drops a helicopter off that had a part of the Wright brothers uh, history on it kind of thing. That's to me is like absolutely like insanity kind of thing. The fact that we can do this kind of thing in 2021 just to me shows just how much we can do without even like, you know, blinking an eye, without even tapping our foot. We can do great things. Um, I just thought it was great. Uh, looking at my stream, my feed, there are, there are plenty of other things that I would like to talk about. But to be honest, I need to lay down. Stuff's hurting. Uh, but I want to thank everyone for downloading. Thank everyone for subscribing. Thank everyone for their support. Thank everyone for their patience with me. Uh, if any point in time you feel like, you know, you're supporting me and I'm not supporting you guys back, just feel free to call me out, okay? Um, 
I'm not, I will try not to take anything offensive uh, when guys like Mark Rice or uh, Captain Zero or Red, you know, send me emails just checking on me. I just got to say thanks a lot. Uh, it really does mean a lot to get those kind of emails. Um, I was in like really bad, I would say like last February through May. That That was when everything hurt the most by like incredibly the most by far. And mentally, I was just completely out of it. Um, things are getting better. Uh, slowly, surely, and steadily, I hope. Hope to do another episode here of DDG, hopefully in less than two weeks. Uh, but if you want to hear me talk about any one topic before then, do not forget you can always send me an email at ddg at podnuts.com. Uh, or if you want to you know, shoot me an email and say hi, it's uh, mail at podnuts.com or door-to-door-geek at gmail.com. Uh, thanks again, everyone. I uh, hope to talk to everyone again. Say it loud.